Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. Hey, I'm Steve Azar with my friend Kim Alexis. Kim, how are you doing? I'm good. This show is about my friends that I've gotten to know over the years and uh, their stories. So I want to talk to you, Kim, about you growing up because you weren't a model or supermodel yet when you were a little kid. You were a swimmer. And so we we both have a mutual friend, Steve Lundquist, who is a legendary two gold medals, 11 world championships, whatever it is. So we both know Steve. So tell me, growing up, when did it start? How competitive were you and how far did it go? Uh, I started swimming when I was six and I swam through high school and our girls high school team was undefeated for four years. Wild. So I would swim five and a half hours a day. I was also in the concert and marching band. I was in honor society. I was taking college calculus along with trigonometry. You were underachiever is what you're telling me. We just had a great coach and a great group of girls. And I'm actually going to see one of my swim teammates. I stay in touch with some of them. Yeah, I still am good friends. I was a, a state tennis champion growing up, but I had a better partner than I was. And uh, and we've we obviously we went to college together, and we're dear dear friends to this day. And he'll go out and caddy with me at some of these events, like the BMW or, or the Bob Hope or whatever. So he always keeps me on track. He's a better athlete than me, so uh, I just rode his back. <laughs> so, but. <laughs> But but memories of just growing up and doing that together, they're just they're they they go deep, you know, and they they last forever. It's fun knowing friends that know you when before you got famous, before you did what you did, and they know how you tick. And right. I realize they they appreciate the aspects of you that are still there, um, and that maybe other people don't see because they look at you from a different angle. I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, they they look at you from the seeing you in the magazines and and the cover girl and all that. They know the inside of you, and that's that's what I do love about the friends you grow up with. Because uh, and 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 it's important. I think that you know that we didn't become, and I, you know I sure didn't. I don't think because as people ask me, they go, Steve, how did uh, you know you're you're still the same guy that I remember? I said, well, what was I supposed to turn into? Like you're, exactly. you know, and so, you know, especially in my world, I mean, it's all about writing songs and being honest. And the last thing I could do is 
put on some sort of mascara, you know, pardon the pun, just just uh, or put on some sort of act. I wouldn't have even know. I'd be the worst actor. So it just it just wouldn't have worked out for me. But but my business was all about pretending and fake and being something you're not. And high fashion is very uh, I can't even put it nicely snobby. So designers want you thinking that you're not going to be good enough unless you wear their stuff. So it's very much based on the insecurities of people. Huh. Um, yeah. So I was supposed to be, ha, I love great. You know, this is me in a magazine and, and you're not, but you can try and look like me. That's, that's the whole message, a lot, a lot of the message of the fashion world and the modeling world. Well, so, you're so, never good enough, you're never thin enough, you're never rich enough, you never hmm. have enough designer clothes on. When you started, okay, I'm going to get into your modeling thing, but when you when you were like on the streets, did you always have to sort of hold up that image and that and make sure that I your didn't style? Care. No, I didn't care. That was the problem. I would walk around when I was 18, 19 and working a lot. I was making a ton of money in New York because I started working right away. And I would walk around in jeans with pearls and a sweatshirt and my hair in a ponytail with no makeup on. Yeah. Well, you were an athlete. You were an athlete. Yeah. You know? So that was who, who you really were and which I sort of see, you know, I grew up playing every sport we could. We had a very athletic class and I, I credit being an athlete growing up bad or good, great or okay, whatever, whatever the sport was, at the attempt of winning... Uh, something big because it carried on into my music career because I got beat up way more than I won. But you only had to win a little bit. And, you know, you had to have yeah. one record guy say yes, not not 40, you know. And right. so right. so for me, it taught me how to handle losing. And so yeah. that was the biggest, you know, learning. And I wrote a lot of songs about about how overcoming losing and, and all that. So it ended up really playing into my hand. And I'm, I'm sure for you... You're going like, well, hey. was a, a lot about rejection. So we would walk in, and it was rejecting you as your physical appearance, which many people relate to who they are as a person. So I had to learn to differentiate. It's not me they're rejecting. It's just what I look like. Okay. I get, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking to Kim Alexis right now. Uh, supermodel, <laughs> superwoman, super lady, super friend. Uh, she's driving through state of Florida. You're with your brand new beau, good guy, Jeff, newly married. Where did we go on our honeymoon? We didn't go because I was taping my show. So uh, we ended up just taping. I had to do a piece in Hawaii, but I worked 15-hour days, and we left at 5 the next morning. So. All right, so you did that. Okay, so so you're, what you're telling me is you got, you guys both went to Hawaii, but because it was work-related, you you're not counting that hours of work. I wasn't even around. I wasn't with him. <laughs> oh. Yep. I thought he'd be on the beach sitting there, Jeff, in his uh, like lawn chair, like one of those Corona commercials, you know, with the feet. You see his feet and he's watching you work. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. So I do want to get to talking about how you got into modeling. Was it something your mom wanted? Was it something you wanted? I mean, how did, how did all that start? I never wanted to model. I never even knew how to put makeup on. I was a tomboy. So growing up, I didn't read the magazines. I didn't have dollies. I didn't play dress up. I didn't do any of that. I was busy swimming and studying. And uh, I wanted to be a pharmacist. So I was 
in my senior year in high school, early in the fall, um, I, did, I got accepted at the University of Rhode Island in their pharmacy program and on the swim team. And so I thought I had life set, and so I decided let's figure out ways to make extra money before I go to college. Oh, come on. And that's when, yeah, that's when I started to go to, uh, I had to go to modeling school before I could go to a modeling agency in Buffalo to make money. So I was in modeling school and hated it. Yeah. I'd drive up to Buffalo and I'd have wet hair and all these other girls would be really prepared and dressed a certain way and have their books and their portfolios and all these things in their bags, lingerie that I still don't even know about. Man, and, you you uh, must you must have just sort of just just they probably went like you're like LeBron James showing up with all that game and you don't even have to worry I, about it. <laughs> they must have been distraught. Yeah, well, I think when they got distraught was when Elite was the big agency that started to compete with Eileen Ford in New York City. Okay. And so, yeah, so he discovered me in my modeling school. It was a big PR event. And then he turned around and looked at me and he said, what of these other girls should I take with me to New York? Now, an hour before and months before, I was intimidated by these girls thinking that I was a fish out of water and I didn't belong. And all of a sudden, I'm going to New York with a big contract, and he's asking me who else he should take with him. Wow. So things can turn on a dime. That's when I speak to young girls, and they think that they're in the wrong place, so they're doing the wrong thing. I try and say to them, hey, sometimes life can just throw you a curveball as long as you're willing to give it a shot. I had to literally step out of my comfort zone and say, you know what? I know I'm enrolled in college, and I know I'm book smart, and I know I'm able to swim and be on this team and I'd met some of the teammates and been to the college and I said, you know what, I'm just going to cash it all in for a year and I can go back a year later, but I'm going to give this a shot. I'm with Kim Alexis. This is In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. We'll be right back. In a chance I'll take In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Driving this 75 Cadillac. I'm back with Kim Alexis. She's uh, being chauffeured by her husband, good man, Brother Jeff, through the, uh, through the swamps of Florida. Parts, I don't know where they're driving, probably. What part of Florida right now are you guys in? Well, we were in Orlando. We're going up towards Jacksonville. You know, I've got a thing for It's a Small World. i got to be honest with you. I mean, like, I'm serious. I had taken my kids to It's a Small World, reminded me of my dad and mom taking me. I can't, it's like the great, and it's a little eerie in It's a Small World, but I love, I love Disney World. So, for the listeners out there, you guys in your cars or at your desk and you should be working, uh, Kim and I met, uh, was it the Frank Sinatra? Am I right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first um, kind of golf event I've been to in years and years. So, golf-wise, it, did, you, did you, obviously growing up as an athlete, did you grow up playing golf at all? I did. My parents were involved in the country club and I grew up with golf and tennis lessons, thinking that I would marry somebody that played golf and tennis. 
and then I married a hockey player before Jeff. (laughs) It's in between. Hockey's in between golf because you really want to hit people on the golf course. And then, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's it's in between. So, you know, it's funny. I was watching hockey. uh, There's so many. There's the the fights still are like it's like part of the game. And like at some point, you know, the refs will just go. Are they called refs in hockey? Because they'll just go. Yeah. Let them go. They'll let them go until somebody is down on the ice. I think that's crazy. So, without J- Jeff, hang in with me for a second because this is we're telling the life story right now. And this is part of it. So, Kim, you were married to who? Ron Duguay. And he played for Former who? Ranger. Rangers, New York Rangers. Did you meet because you did you guys meet because of your modeling career and you were in the New York area? Uh, yeah. Well, a mutual friend. So Carol O was married to a former Ranger, and so. Through Carol, her, she was married to a teammate of mine. Okay, so did you go to like go to the games all the time and all that? No, he was he was already he had gone he had left he was already even done with LA. So now he was done with his pro career by the time I met him. Huh? Interesting. Like with Grant, I was talking. You know, Grant Fear, who's a friend of ours. Um, yes. Grant was an amazing goalie. And uh, gotten to know um, Gretzky a little bit, playing in the BMW with him and all that with his big high handicap. And I'm going like, how can I be giving the the great one 14 shots a day? It's impossible. It's not even. It doesn't even make sense. You you're 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 beat before you even walk out there. We've gotten to know so many sports figures, friends over our time uh, because of the game of golf. And I tell uh, everybody when the young kids growing up, I tell my kids. I said, you know, it's the only sport that allows you to really get to know somebody in four hours. You know, because in tennis, you're you're running and you're playing against each other. Even if you're playing doubles, you don't have the time to get to know them. You know, you're, you get yeah. to walk down a fairway. You get to get in a cart. It's the greatest sport in the world just to automatically build a relationship. And that's what we've all gotten to do. It's a great draw for raising money. Obviously, you've come to the Delta Soul every year in Greenville, Mississippi. You've never missed it, and uh, I got great <laughs> memories, and I and I love it. And Jeff, Jeff, you get to talk now a little bit because you uh, made your first Delta Soul Celebrity Golf and Charity event last year. Uh, how was it for you? You know, it was phenomenal, and I love those all the meat I can eat. <laughs> oh, you went to Doe's. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. trust me. People don't come here to cause the Steve Azar. They come here because they know they get to go to Doe's. It's so funny. I mean, for people around the country that have not heard of Doe's Eat Place, it's been voted Food & Wine Magazine ranked it into the number one steak in America one time, and Food Network ranked it number two. Doe's Eat Place is this place you walk in the kitchen. It was founded in 1941, I think. I think it's got the original oven. It's a great family, the Cigna family. And we've had, like, Parts Unknown. Anthony Bourdain was there recently. Uh, Clinton's been there. Morgan Freeman comes there a lot because he lives close. Uh, you know, presidents, Willie Nelson. And then we have our celebrity event there, and just people just go, and it's the best hot tamales and steak on the planet. And uh, it's a, an odd experience, right, Kim? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you look, you're sitting down, and I think, feel like you're slanted when you're sitting sitting or and then you're looking at the roof and the walls and i think it's a little bit crooked it is crooked it's just it's got it's got such charm it's the only steakhouse that i've gone to in all the travels where they keep on bringing you meat until you are until you are done Um, this boy can eat meat. yeah and i can eat meat yeah no no 
You know what? What's the places that they claim that those? What are those places that like La Brazil or aren't there places catered to just bringing you meat? I don't know. You know, I've been to some great steakhouses, but it's usually you know here's a here's a fourteen ounce, here's an eighteen ounce steak um, for you, and whatever cut at Doe's, it's they just bring you pounds and pounds until you're done. So I think I consume three four pounds of. Oh yeah. Oh no, it's not. It's not. Let me tell you what. You 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 definitely have to go to work out the next morning, and there's not time for that. So, so this the week of the Delta Soul Celebrity Golf and Charity Event, which, by the way, for our listeners that don't know about it, it's it's it's, it's my wife and I foundation, the Steve Azar Saint Cecilia Foundation. It uh, raises money for the arts for kids, mostly uh, sick advantage, uh, disadvantaged kids as well. Uh, we founded it in Nashville, but it was always for the Mississippi Delta region is where we wanted to, to impact the most. And we moved back home to the Delta. We had the support of all of our friends that, our, that we grew up, that I grew up with. Uh, Gwen being from Arkansas. Uh, I've been coming from a family that, that gives back. And so we do this event once a year. We're on our seventh year. And I think we've, we've clo- we're have we not to the million dollar mark of giving, but we're closing in on it. So it's been a blessing and obviously... Uh, Jeff, this was your first year last year, and Kim Alexis, who I'm talking to right now, uh, she has never... Kim, you've never missed a year, right? I didn't know about year one, so I think I came year two. I'm feeling betrayed right now. Something's going no, on I here. Didn't, I didn't... I wasn't golfing then. And you weren't... You didn't I, get... Probably didn't get an invite, is that right? No, exactly. We didn't know each other. So <laughs> I had just divorced, and um, I think I'd never played golf while I was married to Ron because he would play and he told me I was never good enough. So oh, that's played. not good. There you go. I well, know. So, so anyways, it was because I was just starting golf and just learning and trying to get into some of these tournaments. So, you know, I still I still just have a couple that I go to that are special to me and yours is one of them. I love it. Well, no, you know, I love because the first time that you said yes, I looked at my wife Gwen and I said, she said yes, she's coming. That's awesome because, you know, we barely knew each other. So I think we said yeah. like 20 words, 20 words. And and uh, and now that you've gotten to know me, you realize that Gwen, bless her heart, she has really put up with a mess uh, her whole life. <laughs> and she's a saint. So that's part of the deal. And uh, but no, we we really love you guys coming and and uh, and obviously a big impact. And I remember when everybody goes, Kim Alexis. I mean, like, so my Delta State team, that there was, that, there was no, there was, they wanted Kim Alexis. We can, Kim Alexis is going to be on our golf team. You know, they were like so excited, you know. You were given some okra material, some fighting okra stuff, because that's who we are. The Delta State fighting okra. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought, I had you play with my fighting okra, my Delta State team. Oh, yes. That was year two. Year one, I had good old boys. Good old boys with the cigars and the oh, drinking. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Well, that's what you're going to yeah. get here. You know, a lot of guys, you know, <laughs> as ethnically diverse as the Mississippi Delta is, it's so funny because we are very diverse. I mean, you got to realize there's the Lebanese, there's the Jewish, there's the Baptist, there's the African-American, there's the Asian. Our population down there is really uh, well-rounded. And that's sort of how I grew up in the mid- middle of all that. And so, sort of like living in a very, 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 very small New York, is what I call it. And this is in a Mississippi Minute, not a New York Minute. And I am talking to my dear friend, Kim Alexis, and she's blowing through the Everglades right now with her husband, Jeff. And we're going to be right back. Stay tuned. 
a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. They're flying down a flat track, bottle in a brown sack, pistons pumping in a poor boy's Cadillac, cross the Mississippi, crazy on the pale moonlight. Lord, I'm going to be the devil to see my angel tonight. Hey everybody, this is In a Mississippi Minute, not New York Minute, where Kim Alexis was born in the state of New York. Uh, I was born in Mississippi, and uh, we do things a little slower. It takes a little longer uh, to get things done, and that's how we roll. And that's how I learned to sing on the backbeat, which is important. Kim's got a new show that she's been uh, doing with Robin Leach, and uh, she is in the final taping, right? Kim, can you... Talk about yeah, your show so on the Food Network. Yes, it's called Food Quest, and we started uh, airing in early October, and then we had 14 episodes. We are supposed to finish end of December, but Robin Leach had a stroke, so... Oh, um, man. So they, that, yeah, that's yeah. recent? So they delayed. Yes, it was recent a couple weeks ago, so thoughts and prayers out to Robin Leach um, to recover totally. Um, I don't quite know where he's at right now with that, but... Um, He's a great man, really great man. Very kind, very giving. Okay, so tell me, no, absolutely, absolutely, thoughts and prayers for sure. So tell me what the show is about. The show is about finding the story behind brands of foods, whether it be um, companies that own foods or a a resort or chefs that create foods or we have them create foods that we're highlighting. It's a sponsor-based driven show, so people come on to highlight their products. So we find that we can really dive into where they come from and what their company philosophy is and the years of history and how things worked and how they don't. And um, you come away from the show, everything's upbeat and and very informative, but done in a fun way. And we travel and have different film crews go all over the world searching out these different companies and what they want to uh, talk about. Hmm. So... We'll go like to Croatia and talk about spices that. Come Wait, where where would you areas. you go? Where where'd you just say? Cro- Croatia. Uh, Is that in Mississippi? In- Croatia and Mississippi. Yeah. No, nothing like. That. Okay. Just check it. <laughs> Croatia. And no. And then truffles. Y'all y'all have truffles too. Yeah. So, <laughs> we, yeah. We- <laughs> anyway, so they they we, we have different crews that film all over the place, and then Robin Leach and I would. Um, sit around and uh, introduce each piece and talk about some of the pieces. And I would go into kitchen studios with uh, companies or chefs and ask what they're doing and how they're doing it. It's just a fun, upbeat, wonderful show that kind of created and developed as it went along. So we do have season two. It's on both Food Network and Cooking Channel three times a week. And next year we have 20 episodes booked. That's fantastic. That is so fantastic. So you'll understand my love affair for the Food Network. When I was uh, starting to have hits uh, around 1999, 2000, 2001, two, three, whatever, I got hooked on the Food Network. And I was like worried about myself because I couldn't wait to get home off the road and cook with my wife. And at the time we had a, we had a, Two, we had well, our third child, Cecilia was just born. So, but it was, we got hooked and I got so hooked on the Food Network that I felt like I knew every every sh- celebrity chef. And back then, oh, the Food Network was full of celebrity chefs. I mean, it was amazing. And uh, yeah. 
And uh, and so I'd have to flip it to ESPN every once in a while to make sure I was okay because I was like, I was really hooked. And now the Food Network obviously is, has branched out into TV shows, sort of like VH1 and MTV did when they were playing music videos and they started doing shows. I mean, it's just part of what seems to be what works and uh, and people like to see these kind of shows. This, this show sounds, I can't wait to watch it. So what time and when, what times of the week? It's on the Cooking Channel Sunday morning, Tuesday morning at 10, and it's on the Food Network Friday morning at 9.30. Okay. All right. Got it. Friday morning, 9.30 on the Food Network and on the Cooking Channel. On Sunday and Tuesday. Sunday at Tuesday. So I go to Mass at 10.30, so I could, I got to, I got to, I got to, what do you call it? Uh, TiVo it. Or, uh, That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. I know how to do all that. Yeah. yeah you skip through the commercials. It's awesome. It's like skipping through my radio show without listening to me talk. People can just forward me out of their minds. Probably be better. So you're going to do year two. Tell me this because we're going to jump because I'm, I'm jumping because this is what I do. Tell me. Yeah. So 1998 and not just Wikipedia and this stuff. I'm telling you because I like Eddie Murphy a lot. Hey, by the way, I hate Wikipedia. I know. It's, I don't like it. It's never right. I know. It's never right. You I know. cannot change it. I'm like, I am the person who is do, has done all these things. And you got the wrong crap on there. You oh, got to prove awful. it. You got to prove it. So they got to make, awful. you have to have like two There's articles no, of evidence. You can't talk to anybody. I know. I know. Well, yeah, it's it's I'll teach you how to do it. You have to pay somebody. So, uh, uh, could you, yeah, I would pay someone gladly yeah. to change that. I actually think I still owe the person, which is they could change it back. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, I've got the magic, I've got the magic person. I found them and they're in parts unknown Canada and this oh. girl, this girl can get it done. And it's, it's like a trick. I mean, like, you know, I love it because, like, my net worth is like a dollar fifty three or something. I, they, they, how do they even know what my net worth is? So it's it's I interesting. Know. Nobody knows anything <laughs> unless you unless you go out there and tell everybody. I'm not telling everybody anybody anything. I'm with Kim Alexis. In 1998, you were in a movie called The Holy Man. Holy Man. What was that like with Eddie Murphy? Was he nice? I didn't meet Eddie. I met everyone else but Eddie. Where was he? So, I mean, he's a star of the show. It seems like he'd have been there. And it wasn't his day. Oh, so, God. My I was goodness. only in the opening scene, but I got to do whatever I wanted. They gave me free reign to just rewrite my own script and just go with it. I had so much fun. So I don't understand that. I mean, like, you got these writers who've waited their whole life to make a movie. Because my son's in that world, and I can't imagine him letting anybody change his lines. I don't, I don't know. I was in this opening scene. It's the very first scene of the movie, and uh, they just said... They took away lines from another girl, and they said, here, just run with it. Do whatever you want to do. And I was pretending to sell something like on a QVC, but it wasn't. And it was a stupid hair product, and I just went forward. I think I had the southern accent and everything. Oh, my goodness. Come on with it. So so yeah. I'm, I'm talking to Kim Alexis, and she has defied all anything to do with making movies and, and big budgets and got to, to do what she wanted on film. Uh, and I love that. That's like uh, breaking oh. rules. She's a rule breaker. Oh, I love I had, it. I had everyone laughing. That's so much fun. Oh, I love it. All right. Okay. Yeah. So the charity events that you and I will see each other at, and Jeff, is Jeff coming? Yep. Jeff's coming unless he's working away, slaving away, but he works from the uh, phone. So he can work I've seen him work from the, the recliner chair on the uh, practice screen. <laughs> a practice, yeah. <laughs> 
practice. Yeah, that, this man can fall asleep anywhere at any time. It's uh, really annoying. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, he was always working when I saw him. He wasn't sleeping, and he was also he was very supportive of your golf swing. So uh, he, I, I admire that. I love that. All right, okay, so okay, so to a golf lesson to learn what I had to do so that when I was falling apart, he could say, "Remember when he told you to do this with your grip or your elbow, your back elbow, doing this." Now, listen, your golf game looks good. It looked good this past uh, May at the BMW. I felt like you were swinging at it really good. Didn't you feel good about your game? No. Well, I thought I felt good about my swing, but I ended up learning what army golf is. What left, is that? Right. Oh, left, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, left, right. Well, it's a lot of golf. I mean, you're talking about three days guaranteed, and that's just, it's in their long days. So you're talking six hour rounds, and uh, we're not, our bodies aren't, we're not built. And our minds aren't built for that. I mean, these guys on tour, that they eat, drink, and sleep. They're in shape for that. Isn't it amazing you got to be in shape for whatever it is? I mean, it's like coming from when we used to – Jeff, we used to play football, right? We used to go from football season to basketball season. You thought you were in shape, but then you hit the basketball court and you get winded immediately. Yeah, well, I was a rugby player, so – but, yeah. Rugby? Now, yeah. see, you look like a rugby player. I'm not playing rugby. <laughs> and so you, so you just – Jeff play rugby. <laughs> and, Jeff, where were you born and raised? I was born in San Jose, California, but grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. And rugby was a big deal in Nebraska? When I got out of college, I got out of high school, I started playing rugby and just carried that through to my adulthood. Yeah, well, we didn't have rugby in Mississippi, I can tell you that. You know, we wore helmets and we had, obviously, football's a big, big, big deal in the state of Mississippi. So, or anywhere down south, obviously, as... Uh, we've proven that the SEC sort of keeps ruling the roost, and I know it doesn't make the rest of the country happy. But uh, and, and actually, I grew up a Notre Dame fan. My dad went to Notre Dame. He roomed with Johnny Latner, uh, who won the Heisman. And my brother went to Notre Dame, and my cousin, my cousins, and now my nephews—they're big Notre Dame fans. So we, uh, everyone but Steve, everyone but Steve. Dame. Steve was wanting to go. Steve did not go to Notre Dame, and Steve was a really bad pre-med student at Delta State. Um, and those are stories that we probably don't need to tell, but we're going to tell more stories. We've got one more segment with you, Kim, and Jeff, the sidekick. Actually, Kim, you're his sidekick because he's driving, but uh, you're riding shotgun, and uh, I'm with Kim Alexis. This is In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. We'll be right back. Everywhere I turn, I'm knocking into something, so I moved out to the country, but the city keeps moving in. Yeah, I'm crowded. That a broken down car in the 8 a.m. traffic, bumper to bumper, nobody's laughing, I'm crying. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar, and I am back. This is In a Mississippi Minute. It's taken an hour, but that's how we roll here in Mississippi. I've got Kim Alexis on the phone, the great, wonderful, incredible Kim Alexis and her dear husband, Jeff Swartz. He's driving her through the panhandle now of Florida. We've gone from the swamps to the Everglades. You guys are moving through Florida. I love it. Well, you're moving it. Right. Jeff and I, we were not in Sports Illustrated for any reason, and you were six times, right? Six? Yep. That's incredible. So, Kim, so we're going to talk about uh, mentorship and about women being able to be accepted for the size that they are. 
one of the things that when you model is that you're not a personality, you're not really even a human being. You're a canvas that people use to manipulate and create art. And so makeup artists will put on your makeup, but it's what he wants. A hairdresser mm-hmm. will do your hair, but it's what he wants. It's not really your voice. It's not, it's not you. So you put on clothes, and they might be clothes that you absolutely hate, but you have to sell the clothes. So it's a very silent business where you are used and, and manipulated and prodded and poked and, and thrown out into uh, situations. And um, it was hard at 18 years old. I went to New York two days after I turned 18 um, to stand around. And at 18, I had to figure out who I was and what I wanted and what made me tick. So earlier in our interview, when I talked about me wearing a sweatshirt and pearls and jeans, I didn't know what else to wear. I mean, I just, I was so sick of everyone with all their opinions and all their clothes. And, oh, darling, you have to wear this. And, oh, you look best in this color. And then someone else had another opinion. And your head can start to swirl around because you really don't have a clue of who you are and what you really want. I'm with Kim Alexis. Tell me the new supermodel. Okay, first of all, I don't think there are any new supermodels. Uh, The actresses in the business from Hollywood have taken over all the covers, all the makeup ads, all the hair ads, all the perfume ads, and so there are no models that are able to be as exposed any longer because part of being a supermodel is having variety and um, being seen by a big group of people, whether it's doing Sports Illustrated or being on covers or doing a lot of runway. Or all three. So you don't have supermodels anymore. I think our supermodels are older, and right now, I think the supermodels should take over actress jobs because the actresses are busy doing our work. (laughs) Okay, for me, looking at, like, uh, a Kim Kardashian, and she's got all of these Instagram followers and all this, and and now... Okay, what does Kim Kardashian do? That's exactly right. That's, that's, that's my point. My point what is... What kind of a message is she portraying to these young girls? I'm a teacher, and I teach by example and try and li- live a life that I can then portray to other people. But I've been through millions of different circumstances, being in the business at a young age and traveling the world at 18, 19, 20, and being put in every situation you probably could. Right. And having to stand on healthy boundaries and setting examples of what what I allow and what I don't allow and what's, what you can and cannot do um, and call it work. There's a lot of people that are getting in trouble for combining their power and their, um, their platforms and how they manipulate and control other girls. So Yeah, we're seeing um, that a lot, a, obviously. A, mes- a message for young girls is to know who you are. I think, and, and, and part of it is I think people... Guys, if they had said or tried some of this junk with me that they tried with some of these other girls, they know I would have punched him in the face. That's right. That's the kind of person I am. Yeah, you're tough so, as nails. I love that about you. So I, I think setting boundaries by knowing that you're valuable. And these young girls need to know they're valuable just the way they are, and they don't need to change, and they don't need better eyebrows, and they don't need hair eye extensions and it's not stuff on the outside it's working on the inside in our business especially our business in the entertainment world we do deal with a a dark side but at the same time there's some great people and we've gotten to obviously get to know some of those great people and build relationships and you, you try to 
you try to center and position yourself with people that have your ethics and your morals and, and that you attach yourself to that. But you still have to deal with the other side. You have to deal with it because yeah. it exists. I've dealt with the devil. You know, I've seen him. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I've, I've ridden in the car with him, and it's not a good feeling. And, and, and had my career uh, controlled by, by that, and it's a tough deal, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's like it doesn't feel good, and, it, and you know it's wrong. I'm talking to Kim Alexis, and I really appreciate you guys giving us the time uh, here. I can't wait to see you both in, at the Delta Soul Celebrity Golf and Charity event in June, 7, 8, 9. Right. And I love you guys so much. I've been talking to Kim Alexis Swartz now and Jeff Swartz, <laughs> and they're barreling through Florida in hopes of making it to Mississippi. That, that's how I'm going to stick with that. Thank you so much. Y'all are the best. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.